This is Dorel Lalia, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast, episode 48. Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest the needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur entrepreneur and you are listening to the before the millions podcast hey this is mark asquith the host of the seven minute mentor podcast global entrepreneur and all-round geek and you are listening to the before the millions podcast i am mc lobster the cash flow ninja and you're listening to before the millions podcast you're listening to the before the millions podcast but whether you're looking to invest for cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent you've come to the right place mr hollywood himself presents the before the millions podcast and now your host deray olalaye hey what's up what's going on btm tribe welcome to another installment another episode of the before the millions podcast the day that we're dropping this episode is on may 1st and it's crazy because just a year ago today, there was no such thing as the Before the Millions podcast. Like this did not exist. It was conceptualized. It was outlined. It was created. It was set to launch, but this did not exist. And a year later, I mean, we're at 50 episodes, hundreds of thousands of listeners, tons of feedback, changed lives. It's crazy. So for the rest of the month, I have a treat and a surprise for you guys. So you guys definitely should make sure that you tune into these episodes. Today's episode, huh, if you are not already making at least $5,000 from your investing efforts, meaning passive cash flow. Well, first off, if you're not making at least $5,000, you should have already signed up to work with me. And you can do that at beforethemillions.com slash work with me. And we'll get you up and running in just a few weeks. Literally, guys, we'll get you up and running in just a few weeks and you'll start cash flowing. That's how serious my program is. Today's guest is Mrs. Edna Keep, and Edna's going to walk us through a process. She's going to show us, she's going to demonstrate how we can come up with a plan to get to 5K in 90 days. Edna has a background as a financial advisor, and over the years, she's picked up quite a few we call them bad habits or maybe bad perceptions because of what she was taught in that industry. When she got introduced to real estate and she saw a whole new light, she realized that she was learning some not so good concepts. And she realized that there was a better way out there that she didn't have to work, depend on stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, but rather she could get paid every single month for her one-time efforts. And she's going to walk us through exactly how you can do the same thing. How's that for a hook? So guys, again, we're going to walk through a simple three-step process, really simple three-step process. And it's actually the simplicity of it that makes it so profound. Well, I guess you have to tune into the episode to kind of know what I'm talking about, right? So let's just get to it. DeRay's tip of the week. So this week's tip, it's less of a tip and more so an observation. Have you ever heard of the rule of 97? Yes, the rule of 97. It goes like this. In 1897, 97% of American citizens were employers. 
You heard me right. 97% of American citizens were employers. So they either owned businesses, they were butchers, they were bakers, they were farmers. I mean, you name it, they were shopkeepers, whatever. They created their own wealth. 97% of the citizens, only 3% of the citizens at the time were employees. This is about 130 years ago. So again, 1897, 97% of the citizens were employers and 3% were employees. They worked as apprentices. They worked as helpers to the employers. So there was a major overhaul in the tax code in 1913. I'm not going to get into all of that, but just know that two systems were, were produced, one for employers and one for employees. So being an employee is a totally new concept that has been adopted in the past 100 years. This is not something that has gone on since the beginning of time. I want you guys to know that it's been an industrial age type thing, and it's going to end pretty soon, especially the way that we're advancing in technology so rapidly. Long story short, 100 years later, in 1997, again, this is the rule of 97, 100 years later in 1997, those numbers flip-flopped. And only 3%, guys, from 97 to 3, only 3% of Americans were employers that owned a business or were entrepreneurs and investors. That was it. 3%. 97% of us were employees. Isn't that crazy? 97% of us worked for other people. So that shifted to the opposite end of the spectrum. Now, present day 2018, I don't have the statistics, but as you guys know, I mean, the internet in the past 30 years has revolutionized the way we think about business, the way we think about entrepreneurship, the way we think about growing our wealth, the way we think about producing income for our family. And you guys can see it plain as day. There are YouTube entrepreneurs born every single day. There are Instagram entrepreneurs born every single day, and they're making a killing I mean, you got these sites like Upwork and freelancers doing all types of stuff on these aggregated sites, and they're working from home. You have a lot of U.S. work being outsourced to China, to Russia, to all these places, and they're all working from home. Even lawyers and, and most of these other professionals, they're actually not even looking at these bigger law firms anymore. They're starting their own practices. They're working by the hour. They're doing freelance jobs and getting paid way more than they ever would and having the comfortability of having a lifestyle business. You have podcasters popping up every single day. You have ebook writers popping up every single day. You have online business owners popping up every single day. And it's been going on for the past 10, 15, 20 years. And all of a sudden, I mean, even now, between just the past two, three years, it's been crazy the amount of new entrepreneurs that are coming into the workforce. It's been crazy the amount of people who may not be entrepreneurs, but who may maybe have a side hustle that's completely online. Because let's face it, the Internet is making it so much easier to start a business than ever before. Our parents were not equipped with what we have today. So we live in a totally different time. We live in a totally different world. And I mean, according to the world of 97, in about another 60, 70 years, we may be facing another flip-flop. I mean, we're already seeing it today. Corporate employees and professionals, they're starting to be given a lot of leniency. Lots of people are traveling now. Lots of people are working from home. Lots of people are being remote workers. That's what we're moving towards. I mean, even the college systems, they are becoming more and more remote every single day. And not that the point is being remote, but the point is more so how easy it is to become an entrepreneur how many tools we have at our disposal, not only how easy it is, how cheap it is. If I mean, if our parents wanted to start a business, they needed $50,000, $100,000, $250,000 for a franchise. 
You could put up a web page in five minutes for less than five bucks. You could start running ads to that web page immediately. I mean, it's crazy the way the resources that we have to start businesses today. So, I mean, our excuses, we shouldn't have any, honestly. Again, today's tip of the week is more of an observation. I mean, when you apply the rule of 97 and you see where the world is headed, it makes you kind of put your life and your situation in perspective. It makes you kind of think about what type of lifestyle do you want to live because you have control of that. You're able to live the type of lifestyle you want to live instantaneously. You're able to pursue your dreams easier and better and more efficient than ever before. Are you taking advantage of this? We're in changing times. I mean, in the next 5, 10, 15 years, I would not be surprised if 50% of people, I mean, millennials, we're becoming hooked to instant gratification. We're becoming hooked to the ease of being able to work from a cell phone, from a laptop, from anywhere in the world to conduct transactions. The way we send money now, crazy. It's a melting pot out here, guys. We're becoming more and more global. We're becoming more and more free-willed. I mean, we want the lifestyle. We want the travel lifestyle. We want to be able to get up and do what we want, when we want, how we want. That's the goal. That's why this podcast is so important to me. I want to be able to help any and everybody looking for that lifestyle to be able to have it. And again, guys, in today's time, it's easier than ever. So just an observation of mine. Again, guys, I wanted to share it with you guys and hopefully you got some value out of that. Let's get to the show. And now your feature presentation. Edna, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing amazing, Edna. And really, really quick for the listeners who don't know who you are, can you give us a, a brief summary of who you are and what you currently do today? Sure. Well, I'm a real estate investor, a real estate entrepreneur. We do a lot of creative deals. And kind of my claim to fame in the real estate world is we've been able to build a massive portfolio uh, using other people's money and credits. It's a great way to get started. We do primarily all multifamily now. That is amazing. And it sounds like we have a similar niche. So I'm excited to kind of get into your story and figure out some of your strategy. But before that, Edna, let's take it back. So let's go way before the millions. What were you doing back then? What were you focused on? And how did you turn your ear to real estate? That's a really good question. And I'd like to start with 16-year-old Edna. Not that great in school, not that interested in school. I loved being social. So I was a social butterfly. But guess what? I found myself pregnant at the age of 16 and uh, had a child. So I think like a month after I turned 16, my daughter was born. So that kind of made a shift in my whole perspective of the world. Like I was a little bit wild. I wouldn't listen to my parents for anything. But you know what? When you have a child, uh, all of a sudden, it's not all about you anymore. And I think I grew up probably quicker than most of my friends, although uh, in some ways I, I never did. And that, I think, was, was where I really started to realize that, you know, I wasn't happy with learning to live within my means. Uh, which is what I got told my whole life. Edna, you have to learn to live within your means. I would have a little bit of credit card debt here and a little bit of credit card debt there. And I only rented, but I had a new car. And, and, and I just hated that idea of learning to live within my means. So I thought, you know what? If I have to learn something, I am going to learn how to be wealthy. And so I started studying. And you know what? Not when I was 16. I think I was 28 years old before I was really introduced to personal development and realized how I could change my life. Before that, 
I knew I wanted more, but I didn't know how to get it. I, I did little things like I couldn't afford to go to university. So I just started building up. I started taking secretarial courses and bookkeeping courses through correspondence, which nowadays you can do that all on the internet. But back then it was, it was correspondence. I'd get books in the mail and I would work on them and I'd send my homework in. And, and so I started building up that way. Eventually got myself an office administration job, which was, which was good. I liked it. Um, had a great boss who believed in me and, and treated me well. But you know what? I got bored there too. I, I'm a, I think I was always meant to be an entrepreneur. My, my dad was. He was a carpenter. I didn't like, nobody liked having a boss. I didn't like being told when I had to show up and what I had to do. Uh, so I started looking around and ended up becoming a financial advisor. I started studying to become a financial advisor while I still worked in my office job. I got a really big break there and my boss actually set up a group plan for people to put their uh, investment dollars through me while I was still working in the office. So I ended up with like boom, a hundred clients. It was a mandatory plan. They had to put 3% because the company we worked for didn't have a pension fund. So it was kind of a way they were finding they were losing a lot of their good employees to um, a power line construction company that was run by the government because they had a pension plan. So this was his way of setting up a pension plan. So that was my first big break when I became a financial advisor. But yeah, so that, that was my start with 100, 100 clients all at once, mandatory into my plan. So uh, it was pretty cool. I think I ended up like making about 2000 a month extra from this plan. So these are other, these are your coworkers that are your clients? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That's yeah. really, really interesting. And so is, it, is this like almost like a separate outside of the workplace or is this something that... It's that entirely separate. Yeah. What started happening is, you know, when I started to get bored, what I was doing, I, I'd worked there for six years, but I was at, there was no place for me to grow. I needed to grow and, and I still need to grow all the time. So I just started looking and I noticed an ad in the paper that said that I, I and I kept seeing it and it was, they, they were looking for somebody to learn their financial business. And I just thought, you know what? But they're not getting the person they're looking for. Maybe they would consider me part-time working on the side, which because I couldn't give up a job being a single mom. And so I thought, well, I'm going to answer the ad because it just doesn't look like they're getting what they're looking for. And what it was, was a network marketing ad for, uh, at the time it was called Ale Williams, which is now Primerica. But it was a company that taught people how to buy life insurance and invest the difference. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I'm not. Heard of it? It is US based. But anyway, they, I thought when I, I watched the video and I went, you know what? I think I could do that. I think I could do that. And I found out I could do it part time, uh, like evenings and weekends and stuff. So I started studying and marketing life insurance. And part of my story here, and, and it is really relates to what I'm doing now, is I found out that I had to pay $350 to buy the books to get my real estate license. And so I was stalled because I did not have 350 bucks to pay for the books. So I, I, I was kind of embarrassed about that because at that time I was almost 30 and here I am, can't even afford $350 to buy a set of books. So the sponsor said, you know what? I see something in you, Edna. And he said, I would be willing to sponsor you and pay for your books if you'll pay me back out of your first commission check. 
And I went, oh, absolutely, absolutely, I'm in. And so that, I got a really big break there. And it seems like a small amount of money, but it was a big deal for me at the time. And I went on, I studied, I, I took my certified financial planning course on the side while I was still working at the office. My boss allowed me to go back to four days a week, same income. He didn't cut my income back. And uh, I, so I started taking Fridays off so I could concentrate on building this business. And within uh, four years of doing that, I went full-time selling uh, mutual funds and life insurance as a certified financial planner. So I went from, and, and a lot of people gave me a lot of slack again, because it was like, I, I'm going into a straight commission job. I'd only ever done office administration type work, although I was doing some sales on the side. And a lot of people thought I was just crazy to take that big risk and give up that office job Monday to Thursday and try to do more. But you know what? I had a manager at the financial planning firm who believed in me and he said, you know what? You could earn less money here and still do better than what you're doing as an employee because of all the taxes and stuff that comes off your plan for benefits and stuff like that or off your check. I mean, so I bit the bullet and I gave my notice and I quit and I went into financial planning full time. The year before I went full time, I'd made about 24000 on the side commission. So that was about the 2000 a month I was making through my group plan. And then my first year full time, I made 67000 My second year, I hired a full time assistant. I made 187000 And I, I knew I knew then that I, I had the ticket and, and it was, uh, I could maximize my skills, which was being social. And yeah, I did well. I excelled in it. I, I had top sales in our office. I was the only woman in a, in office full of men, but I, I loved it. I loved the work. I loved dealing with the people. And I'd always say to people, where else can you get paid like this when mostly you're just visiting with people? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I think that's amazing. And before we kind of get into the real estate piece, when you were working at the financial advisory firm, were you a financial advisor? Yes. Yeah. When I first started, I was just selling life insurance. I didn't have any designations, but I studied and became a certified financial planner. There's a, it was a six semester program that I took and I was yeah, a full, full-fledged certified financial planner. So I think this is important to talk about because you went through six weeks and many financial planners go through this, this six week regimen and what you come out with, the knowledge that you come out with, I want to know what type of knowledge that is and, and what kind of foundation that sets for your future, as opposed to what you know now as a real estate investor. Are you learning some of the same things that, that you're implementing now as a real estate investor? Or are they teaching something totally different and totally wrong from your set of beliefs now? Well, you know, I always kind of liken this to a doctor. Where does a doctor get their education? They get them from pharmaceutical companies, right? That's why their first go-to is, here's a prescription. So I was taught by mutual fund companies, and my prescription was mutual funds and life insurance. That was the only prescription I had. So yeah, I, I had the blinders on. It wasn't until I started you know, realizing that I didn't want my income tied to the stock market anymore or entirely because every time the markets went down, my income went down. I didn't like that. And as much as you try to teach people to buy when the market's low, it just doesn't happen. So everything I've learned, including right back to taking accounting courses when I was uh, struggling and working at a doctor's office, 
everything I've studied has helped me be where I am today. The office administration helps me run my business. The bookkeeping helps me stay on top of the stuff that my accountants do for me. And the the sales I learned when I first started studying sales as a financial advisor uh, helped me. And just the whole um, financial advice concept that I've been able to roll over into my real estate practice has really, really helped me. What have you seen over the years to kind of get you into the real estate realm as far as your footing and what you want to move forward with in the future? Well, one thing I learned was what investors want out of an investment and they want safety and security, especially people with lots of money. When you're young and you're just building up that portfolio, you want to take all kinds of risk and you know, you're putting in 50 or hundred bucks at a time. So you just want growth, 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 growth. But after a while, you know, you learn that investors want to know what their return of principal is before they worry about the return on their principal. So that's a big thing that I learned. The other is, you know, diversification, even in real estate, we don't stay in one market, we don't stay in one type of building, we don't stay in one demographic. Diversification is a big thing. So if I have a guy come to me and he wants to invest a million dollars and wants to buy a building, I will talk to him about diversifying. I honestly believe that it makes more sense to buy four or five buildings with that money than buy one even if you don't own 100% of it. I always tell my students, I'd rather own 25% of four buildings than 100% of one. So diversification is a big thing that I learned. That is amazing. And I love that concept. So let's, let's fast forward a little bit further down your journey. And you started being successful on your own and you've completely left your full-time day job to pursue a commission-only salary. That's a very scary situation. So let's progress down a little bit further. And when and how did you start, did you start hearing about real estate? And did you start thinking that this was a viable option for you? While I was a financial advisor, the one thing that I found out, because um, I had two children later on. I got married and had two more children. And I liked it. I loved it that I was able to stay at home and raise my my babies. After my uh, middle daughter was born, I never worked more than three days in the financial services job again. But I had recurring income coming in because when you sell mutual funds, you get what's called a trailer fee. So that was my residual income. I got at least 150000 a year, whether I walked in the door or not. And that was powerful. And so when I started looking, I knew that residual income or passive income was a big thing for me. I, I just loved that idea of having enough passive income that it covered off my you know, basics and I could the rest was just gravy. So when I was first introduced to real estate, what happened was we had just had a, a great year in, in mutual funds 2006 and our numbers are really good and then they started dropping off. So in 2007, the market had a big correction. So in about June, I said to my husband, you know what, let's, why don't we just look at maybe getting a rental property? Some of my clients had actually been talking to me about getting into real estate. And I remember telling them, why would you buy real estate when you, you know, like it's an asset class that's only ever paid about 3% a year. I did not get it. I did not understand real estate at all. And a few more people that I respected a lot started talking to me about the benefits of real estate. So we started looking at it. And with us, we went straight into a class because we knew it wasn't going from beginner and, you know, we'd read a few books, but we knew if we were really going to do something, we needed to take a class. So we took a three-day weekend with uh, Robert Kiyosaki's group uh, at the time called Tiger Learning. I'm not sure what it's called now. 
And when we were there, well, actually, first I'll go back. Before we went, uh, one of my clients was in to see me. He had been one that had told me about it. I told him we'd signed up for the course. And he said, okay, I'm going to give you some warnings here. So what they're going to do when you get there is they're going to keep the room really, really cold. So they're going to wear your resistance down so that you're going to want to buy what they're selling. And they're also going to teach you how to increase the credit uh, credit limit on your credit card so you, you can buy their course. But I'm just warning you, Edna, because that's what's going to happen. Uh, you know, we, we didn't go that way. We decided to just do it on our own, bought a couple properties to fix and flip. So they warned us ahead of time. So we went in kind of a little bit jaded, but we still wanted to check it out. And while we were at the class, there was a couple there that were from our hometown, home city, and they were talking about this other couple that he worked with. They, the guys worked together in IT and how they'd taken the classes, the advanced classes, and they already owned 20 houses two years later. So we listened to them. Every time they'd get up and ask a question, they'd start talking about their friends. We had lunch with them. We asked more about their friends. And so when it came time to get the pitch, and sure enough, it was cold in the room. And at, when the pitch time came, we'd already learned how to increase our credit card limit. I think I was able to add $50,000 to my credit card, and, and which I thought was kind of interesting to do, even though I, I knew why they were doing it. They sat us down with some I guess they'd be called salespeople, but also kind of mentors. And they said, okay, so you've been through this three days. What are you thinking? Like, what do you want to do? And we said, you know what? This is our goal. We want to own 50 properties in five years because that'll give us an extra 5000 a month cash flow based on what you taught us, right? And they said, yep, yep, that'll work. Buy a house, make sure cash flow is at least 50 bucks a month. And so I said, that, that's our goal. And they said, okay, so what's your plan to reach it? And so we kind of looked at each other and we said, well, you know, we think we need some help, but you know, what's it going to cost us? And they told us 27,000. So we was kind of, we kind of choked on that. And, and, but we looked at each other and we said, you know, who do we want to be like? Do we want to be like the couple who did two fix and flips? And by the way, during that time period, they said, never again, not touching real estate. They were both government workers, had to spend all their nights and evenings and weekends dragging their little kids over to do this fix and flip. They said, we're done. We're totally out of real estate. So we said, do we want to be like them? Or do we want to be like the couple who took the classes and two years later owned 20 houses? And we decided we wanted to be like the couple who took the classes and owned 20 houses. Whenever I make an investment like that, it's truly an investment and you can't look at it as, oh, I'm spending $27,000. How am I ever going to get that back? Because if you look at it like that, A, you probably will never get that back because you're already doubting the fact that this is going to be your future. And B, you're not going to want to spend that money because you look at it as an expense, not an investment that's going to pay you unlimited dividends for the rest of your life. And I tell people, if you look at it as if it's an investment that has an infinite ROI, it's almost like it's a no brainer to sign up. And when people have that mental shift, it's amazing what happens next. One of your famous taglines is 90 days to 5K. In 90 days, you can know exactly what it's going to take to hit your number. With us, it was 5,000. We thought if we could make 5,000, we had no intention of doing this full time. We liked what we did. We had no intention. We thought 5,000 a month in passive income, big deal. That will make all the difference for us. We won't have to worry about stock market going up and down. If, you know, my income's a little off, we'll have that, that residual income coming in. That was our big goal. And so that, that's why I titled my program that. In 90 days, you can know what it's going to take. 
And we did it in 18 months. So I tell my students, you should be able to do it in three to five years, or maybe sooner than me. You know, you've, you've got a head start. But in three to five years, you should be able to have that 5000 a month in passive income. Over the next 90 days, figuring out a, a perfect, solid game plan to achieve 5 k a month. What's the first thing we need to know about that? Well, the first thing, I think the first step is you have to realize you can't do this alone. Real estate, especially uh, scalable, is a team sport. You need your power team. You need your realtors and your mortgage brokers and your investors and your property managers and your bookkeeper and your accountants. You need all that and able to really have an effective business. So the biggest mistake I see people make in real estate is I'm just going to do this by myself. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to go do whatever, whether it's a fix and flip or a long-term buy and hold, and I'm just going to do it myself. I'm going to look after the tenants. I'm going to look after the toilets. I'm going to save myself that hundred bucks every month. I'm not doing property management. I see so many people pull out of real estate in a very short period of time after dealing with tenants and toilets. So they need to have that power team in place so that they can actually work on the business instead of in the business all the time. Number one step. And then you've got to have a mentor. If you want to scale and do what you want to do, you need a mentor who's done what you've done. I'm a big believer in coaching. I've had a coach since 1999 while I was still as a financial advisor. I don't think I've ever been without one. I still work with at least one at a time, always, sometimes two. So that to me is the biggest thing. Follow somebody else's blueprint who's done what you want to do. You're spot on. I mean, you call it a power team. We call it an A team. And it's so vital to your future. And yes, though all those pieces are 100% vital, all those pieces should be a part of your A team. But with all those pieces, you still need a coach. You still need a mentor. And that's who's going to kind of put everything in perspective for you. I often tell people that your financial advisor is no smarter than you are. And that's not saying that they're literally no smarter than you than you are. But your financial advisor is not allowed to disclose certain things to you if you're not a sophisticated investor, if you're not an accredited investor. There's certain things that you're not, you're not going to be privy to. You're not going to be aware of. So your financial advisor is just as smart as you. And nine times out of 10, working with financial advisors, especially earlier on, uh, you're working with people who are brand new out of college who, you know, when it comes to coaching and mentoring, I think a financial advisor should fall in that same boat. Work with, work with somebody in any arena, whether it's your, your advisor, your accountant, whether it's your, uh, your CPA, whether it's your attorney, work with somebody who is where you are trying to go. Your attorney, I believe your attorney should be a real estate investor. My attorney is a real estate investor. My CPA is a real so they know exactly <laughs> they know exactly what I want and what I'm looking for. I'm not going to go get a CPA that is a world-class CPA, but he caters to doctors. That has nothing to do with me. He's not going to know the loopholes that I need. So when it comes to a mentor, the same exact thing. Find somebody who's already doing exactly what you're looking to do and learn exactly what they're doing and go do that. I love that. So what's the next step after we have our power team? What's the next step to creating a game plan to get to 5K in 90 days? The next thing is a mindset shift. So a lot of people, when they come to me and they go, well, you know what? I just, I just can't, you know, see why people would give me money or, you know, I hate asking people for money, a mindset shift. And this is something that you can shift in the moment that I say it is they're not giving you money. You are providing a very good service in exchange for that money. 
So that's a mindset shift that a lot of people need to take. So when you go to see a potential investor, you don't say, you know what, I'm brand new, I'm just starting, you've got lots of money, I got none, uh, let's collaborate. You don't go in with that attitude. You go in with, hey, I got the gold, I know how to make money in real estate, and, and even if you're newer, if you got the right team, your team knows how to make money in real estate. So my team owns over $130 million worth of real estate, probably more because I don't even track what my lawyer and mortgage broker and all them own, just, just myself and partners. And we, we're on a path to growth. So we know we need all those pieces in place. So mindset, I got the gold. I know how to make money in real estate. I want to help you collaborate with me to help you build your wealth at the same time I'm building mine. That's a mindset shift. It's one thing to say that I've shifted my mindset and it's another thing to actually believe it. My first, my first money raise was half a million dollars, Edna. And I thought <laughs> perfect mindset. I thought that I was of the abundance mentality and I thought that I was go out, out that I was going to go out there and rock it. But what I realized was that I was coming from that exact perspective that you were talking about. I was asking people for money. I was asking people if they were interested in my deals. I wasn't looking at it from their perspective. I wasn't getting to know the actual individual and figuring out their pain points and figuring out where they are and where they are and where they're trying to go. And if my vehicle is in fact the vehicle that's going to be able to help them to get there. And once you shift your mindset to be of an actual abundance mindset and of actually helping others and providing fulfillment for yourself through the help of others, the money just comes. The money literally just comes when people know that you, that you care about them and that you have their best interests at hand. The money just flows. But that all comes after a mindset shift. And again, when it comes to mindset shifting, it's not something that you do one time and then you have a shift. It's not something that you do even 30 minutes every single morning. That's still not enough. It literally has to become who you are. And I love that. Edna. So first, we have to get a power team. Mm -hmm. Then have to shift our mindset. We have to work on our mindset every single day. You cannot stop working on your mindset. It's one of those things to where you're going to work on it for the rest of your life. So once we get those two things in place, Edna, what's next? We're trying to make 5K. We're trying to create this game plan to make 5K over the next 90 days. And it sounds like we have a solid footing with the power team and now a mindset shift. So what's next? The next is to go big. You don't have to start with a single family home. A lot of people think they do. I know I did. When I took my classes with Robert Kiyosaki, I thought, okay, let's go buy me a house. And we did. We actually bought a couple of condos, first of all, because we were kind of scared of houses. We had roofs and everything else to worry about. And we thought condos, we just have to worry about the interior, right? <laughs> so we, we actually thought we needed to start there. As a matter of fact, the first time I was approached by a realtor about buying an apartment building, I said to him, I don't even have 10 houses. How can I buy an apartment building? And he said, he's, he laughed, eh? Because that's where it comes from. Monopoly, right? You need 10 houses to buy an apartment building or something like that. And he said, no, you can buy an apartment building. He says, you guys got the net worth. He says, you just need to partner with somebody who's got some experience and I can line you up with somebody. And he says, yeah. And I, and I said, okay, well, what do you got? So he actually had an 18, no, 24 unit on his desk. He just got it. It, was no, it wasn't even listed yet. And I, so he talked to me about how we could condo convert that and this kind of stuff. So we had a few houses at that point. Maybe I'm trying to think. 
because I think we had 26 houses or doors at that time because we bought a lot of duplexes. So boom, we had 50 doors. That's how we got our 50 doors in 18 months is we, we started out with the houses, joint venture partnering with somebody else. Then we moved into an apartment, 24 doors under one roof, one transaction. Wow. I love it. I love it. So why do you think it's important to go big or maybe go home? So how do you, you know, how do you bypass single family and go straight to multifamily? And what's the importance of doing that? Well, it's a little bit of a mindset shift, uh, understanding that people have done it. I have students that went straight into multifamily and don't even own their own house. They still live with their parents, (laughs) you know, so that's kind of funny, but you can't, first of all, we have a lot of difficulty financing houses. Like back in uh, 10 years ago, when we first started, we were able to get 15 houses in our name, our personal names, company name, and all that kind of stuff before we got told, nope, you're done. No more mortgages. You've hit the ceiling. So then we started bringing in joint venture partners and we started, I think we did 12 joint venture houses in a year. And then I went, you know what? That apartment building was easier to buy than these 12 houses. I'm not buying any more houses. We're going straight into apartment buildings. So they're easier to finance. Investors like apartment buildings because they're treated like a business. You buy and sell them based on income and expenses. That's just the same way you buy a business and how businesses are are tracked. Are you making money? Can this building sustain itself? Uh, What happens if you get a few vacancies? Can you still sustain itself? And so then they look at your power team. Okay, so somebody's got to have experience. Somebody's got to have property management experience. And then people have to have money. So uh, that's a big key. Now let's put nuts to bolts. 5K is is an arbitrary number, but it's a definitive number. So when you're writing on paper how to get to 5K, what are some of the things that you have to consider in order to get to 5K? Well, we were taught right from the start uh, by Robert Kiyosaki's group that if your property cash flowed $50 a month, you could buy it. it. It worked. And that means, you know, make sure that you you analyze it properties, properly. So you've got property management in there. You've got repairs and maintenance in there. You've got your mortgage in there. You've got your insurance, your utilities if you have to pay them. So you make sure you analyze the property to know that it's going to cover its basis. That's really key because you can't just buy anything. You can't pay just anything. You really have to know your numbers. So to, to reverse engineer that, just to put it on paper, to get to 5K, according to your model, all you, all you really need is 100 units. And that sounds like a lot. That may be, that may be daunting to, to you guys listening out there. But I mean, some people... There was this guy a, a while back, literally, I think he's 21 years old, maybe not even 21 years old. He was on Bigger Pockets. One okay. transaction... One transaction, a large apartment building, over 100 units, and he's retired. I know. One transaction. Did you see that? <laughs> you know what? I didn't hear his story, but I've got a story like that with my students. I've got these two young guys working with me. They started with me almost two years ago. Like I said, they never even own, they still don't own their own house. They live with their parents. Their parents actually paid for their education in real estate so that they could study this. They did not want to go to university. They, in two years, well, their first purchase was December of 2016. Now they have 74 doors. I just had an event here and I was asking them to share with the audience their success. So in a little over a year, they've got 74 doors. When their investors are paid out, which will be between three and five years, they're going to be making 8,200 a month in passive income. 
cash flow alone. That doesn't include mortgage pay down. That doesn't include equity appreciation. They're 21 years old. Lifestyle Design Acceleration Hacks. What is your favorite Before the Millions book? You know, one that made a difference for me was Robert Kiyosaki's book again, and it was called, Why Do A Students Work for C Students and B Students Work for the Government? And uh, the biggest thing for me there, and that was a mindset shift, just because I was a C student. So with that C student attitude, I always thought, you know what, I'm not that smart. I'm kind of the dummy. And so that mindset shift there, it really opened my eyes to, you know what, a small town girl who was uh, a C student, you can do well. It's because I, I think I was just wired, like people are wired differently. I wasn't great at school. I'm great studying stuff I really interests me, but I'm not great at everything. And even today, not being great at everything actually helps me because I've realized that through that book that I don't have to be great at everything. I can be great in my in my area and I can have power team members that are great at everything else. That's how Henry Ford thinks. He wasn't particularly educated. He actually got ridiculed constantly for not being an educated man. And one day it was published in a newspaper that he was a, I think they called him, a, they called him a, a ignorant pacifist. And of course he took them to trial. And, you know, so the lawyer was just trying to uh, prove to the judge and to the jury that that he's not an educated man, that he may have some specialized education in, in like motor vehicles, but he's not an educated man. So he would ask him all these random questions. He would ask him about soldiers uh, during the civil war, how many soldiers went out to battle and things like that. And, you know, Henry Ford would, would respond and he'd be like, well, I'm not sure of the exact number, but I know it's a lot. And then he just just keep pounding him with all these random questions and then finally Henry Ford he got tired of the questions he's like you know enough is enough what's what's the point of all these questions you know I have a series of push buttons on my desk and I have a I have a group again a power team of people who are literally waiting for me to call and they can answer any of these questions I could answer any of these questions within seconds all I have to do is call them he was like what's the point of cluttering my brain with useless information just to answer your questions and the lawyer and everybody else in the courtroom, they were just floored. They were flabbergasted. They were like, this is not the typical answer from a from an ignorant man or from a man who has no education. And that goes back to the power of a team, knowing how to utilize your strengths and utilize the strengths of your, of your team. So I, I totally relate to that. What is your favorite lifestyle design app? This can be a business app or tool. Meditation has really made a difference in my life. I'm. Uh very fast paced person usually. And I found that I've been able to absorb a lot more information. I'm able to do a lot more things by training my brain through meditation. Big thing. So one of the ones that I use and I really like, and I've used a few over the years, I started with Holosync because he, that guy who sold that said, you know what, you don't have to just sit there. You can and meditate because that was a big thing for me. I couldn't just sit there, I'm too active. But he said, you could even just listen to it as you're falling asleep and it's gonna help. And so I used that, I bet you, for five years straight. I loved it and went up to different levels. Now I, I meditate just about every day. And the app I'm using is called Ambana. I, I just like, there's a there's different lengths of one. So depending the time I have and what I'm working on too, sometimes I'll listen to abundance ones or, you know, confidence ones and, and, and 
every level is a new devil. So every time you're you're growing, you're always looking at growing more and more. I think it, it's just a standard way of happening. So you're always studying something. So you're always learning. You're always getting better. You're always trying to do more things. I'm able to do so much more when I meditate regularly. Yep, I love that. And I too meditate every single day, sometimes multiple times a day. So Edna, what is the name of that app and how do you spell it again? Omvana. So it's O-M-V-A-N-A. Perfect, perfect. We'll put in the show notes and I'll be sure to check that out myself. What do you enjoy most about the way your lifestyle is currently designed? I get to do whatever I want, which was something I've been working on for years and years. And you know, I feel like every single thing that I've ever went through in my life, from having a child so young to being married later in life to going through being a financial advisor and all that kind of stuff has led me to a place in my life where I feel like I'm fulfilled. I'm giving back in a place where I never thought I'd be able to give back and really make a difference in people's lives. So for me, that's huge. Amazing. And you probably just touched on a little bit of this, but I'm going to go ahead and ask anyways, what were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today? Well, be open to listening to people who knew more than I did was a big thing. Like another really big shift for me was just being around like-minded people. I did an event just the just last week and uh, I'm standing on stage in front of 100 people and I looked around and I realized that not one person in that room other than my husband had been in my life five years before. And, and yet I'm just surrounded by amazing people and I'm, and I'm constantly reaching out, just like even to people like yourself, like-minded people who don't take everything you're doing and cut it apart. You know, you hear what I say and you go, that's amazing, I love that, because we're on the same page. So being around like-minded people who encourage you and support you, whether you fail or not, is another really big thing and and i love that i love being around like-minded people who are growing always pushing themselves to do better giving back because we've already got a lot of success in our lives and just being able to actually help other people who was essential to your growth before the millions and why I think one of the first big ones in my life was the uh, gentleman that I worked for when I worked at the Powerline Construction Company. He just built a lot of confidence in me. He let me run the office how I wanted to run it. He loved me. He bragged about me. I mean, gosh, he got me 100 clients in one, one letter that said, hey, everybody's signing up for this mandatory plan. And just having that kind of person in your life that believes in you is so important he believed in me before i believed in myself and i think that's a big one you know uh your coach can see and and he wouldn't have called himself a coach at the time but he was for me they can see the future you whereas your friends and family they see the present you or even the past you oh that's deep i love that one (laughs) last but not least why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions even though we have every intention on getting to the millions Limiting beliefs. We're all raised, and I mean, in most of our cases, our parents did the best that they could with the tools that they had, but we're we're raised with limiting beliefs. You can't do that. How many times do you hear, you can't do that, you can't do that, oh, you're just a C student, oh, you're not very good at ball, and they mean well, they're trying to protect you, all that kind of stuff, but it also 
plants a lot of seeds in your mind that you're not good enough, that you can't do what you want to do. So that you have to get past those limiting beliefs and just know that you can do that by studying it. Start studying what people who've passed those limiting beliefs and got past those limiting beliefs and started to believe. And the other thing is a lot of people think that they have to be motivated to take action. And I like to tell people, no, you need to take action before you're going to get motivated. You need to see some small successes, whatever they happen to be, before you're going to be consistently motivated. Wow. You just keep on hitting us with gems, Edna. I love it. Well, this is the end of our show, and I'm so sad that we have to end it because, again, this has been powerful. In closing, I want you to give the listeners a place where they can go to learn more about you. If they want to reach out to you, where can they reach out to you, and how can they learn more about some of the services that you're offering? So my everything is under my name. So my website is ednakeep.com. My email address is edna at ednakeep.com. I have some free training that I'd like to give our listeners. It's a video training to see if it's something that might interest them. That's at training.ednakeep.com. And of course, if anybody wants to reach out to me and have a strategy call on how we can maybe work together or show them a, a path to fast track their success, they can actually book a call through, uh, with me through my website as well. Love it, love it, love it. Well, in summation, I've gained so much valuable insight to your life and also to the strategy of 5K to 90 days. We've given them a step-by-step game plan to get on their way. So at the end of the day, your insight has been spectacular. So thank you for sharing your Before the Million story and guiding us through the process of creating a, a solid plan to get to 5K in 90 days. And we thank you. You've been an inspiration to myself and others, and we'll catch up soon, Edna. Okay, thank you very much for having me. I do have to say what you're doing and what you're sharing with the world is so powerful because when you get to that financial freedom part, it takes so much stress off your table that you can actually do what you're meant to do in your life. 